The first peak of the Blue Ridge is more than just a day trip or overnight destination. Here you can explore for days and check out historic downtowns, incredible arts and culture, delicious local restaurants, amazing outdoor adventures, relaxing scenic drives, an ultimate destination for all who love horses, delicious wines, and even locally made craft cheese. In this episode, we sit down with Melinda Massey. She's the tourism director for First Peak of the Blue Ridge. And we talk about the history and heritage that lie at the heart of the southernmost edge of North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains. We talk about waterfalls and wine, horses, small town charm, outdoor adventures, unique lodging opportunities, and much, much more. If you're looking for the perfect destination to beat the summer heat, or really to experience the beauty and adventure of these mountains any time of year, then you are going to love this episode. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. I'm here with Melinda Massey. She is the Director of Tourism for First Peak of the Blue Ridge, mm-hmm. and I am so excited to be here. Our listeners, I will tell you, I was looking at some of our stats last night, and two of uh, the most popular episodes that we've had have been about Saluda, and they've been about Tryon. So Great. I want to say thank you personally, because you were the one that was directly responsible for putting us in touch with the right people. And when I say the right people, you were absolutely <laughs> spot on. So oh, good. Yeah. Great. So thank you so much. And as we were talking earlier, you know, we've talked about Tryon and we've talked about Saluda being on the western part of this county. Yes. This county is Polk County, North Carolina. That the eastern part is the part of this area that we're going to talk about today. We are located on the southernmost edge of the Blue Ridge Mountains or that Blue Ridge Escarpment. So that's where we are. And so when you come from the east Mm -hmm. and you come from the south, this is what you're seeing. So when we talk about first peak of the Blue Ridge, which I love that brand, by the way. Thanks. Yes, it is. It is so true. So this is this is what we're seeing. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And we have some really good things in store for this episode. So I'm very excited about that. But before we get started to sort of tee us up, let's talk about the history of First Peak in this area. And there's some really interesting stories about how this place actually came to be. So let's kick off there. Well, there's a lot of stories I could tell, but just to, um, to draw off of the first peak that you just said, I will clarify that as you're driving from the east and the south, you're looking at White Oak Mountain. You see it far in the distance and you get excited. You're like, yay, the mountains. And there is a designated measured peak on that mountain called Tryon Peak. It is, uh, which is why we are the first peak of the North Carolina Blue Ridge because there you go. it's measured. Now, that peak was named in um, the 18, no, the 1700s and had a very um, important, uh, you know, role in defining our area. And it's actually why Tryon is called Tryon. The town of Tryon is named after the peak, which is here in Columbus. So, but I think a lot of us know that there was the royal governor Tryon who lived in New Bern. And he came because there were troubles at the time with the Cherokee. This was known as the Cherokee hunting lands. Mm. They didn't have villages and things in the area so much, but they definitely moved through it 
to hunt. And as the settlers started coming into the area and kind of invading the space, there were some skirmishes and problems that were coming from that. So the Royal Governor Tryon and his um, surveying crew came this way and measured out our side, if you will, the settlers' side. And, the, and then they said anything on the other side of that peak right there is a Cherokee hunting land. Okay. And, uh, but they didn't talk to anybody about it. It wasn't an agreement that was signed. It was just a, hey, we're drawing a line on a map and we're saying that this is what's happening. So it didn't hold so well. But the peak ended up getting named Tryon Peak for Royal Governor Tryon. Okay. And his, so that's kind of one of the, the earliest landmarks in the area, actually. So it's kind of nice to have that as a name uh, for us, the first peak. Interesting. So I have to ask mm-hmm. you, when I see overhead shots mm-hmm. of the towns, is the first peak the most angular peak? Yes, there's kind of a, a, a triangular point yes. that kind of comes out. And you see it better from the east than you do straight on. But yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for making that connection because yeah. I've seen that peak and I've actually always wondered. So yeah. that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Definitely. So that is some of our oldest history that we have. Um, the area that we're talking about today is everything to the east of where we are. We're in Columbus right now. And that's really the oldest part of the county because the main drover's roads and the mm. the um, pathways that people were traveling on were were along um, what is more Highway 9 now for us in the points to the east of us. So Saluda and Tryon came on afterwards. Columbus even was in the middle. And then the things to our east were really the, the oldest sections of the county. Okay. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. And so those three sections to the east. So we're mm-hmm. talking about Mill Spring. Right. And we'll talk about where that is mm-hmm. and what's in it. Mm-hmm. And then we have Green Creek. Yes. And then we have Columbus. Yes. Where we are right now. Mm-hmm. So those are sort of those little three areas that we're, that we're talking about today that will sort of, as you said earlier, kind of round out yes. our whole coverage of this area, which is just absolutely beautiful. Definitely. So it's very different, right? Because mm-hmm. in Saluda and Tryon, you had more of a downtown area and it was very identifiable. Mm-hmm. You could drive to it. You could walk down the main street. Mm-hmm. And then when we come into Columbus, we are the first really kind of the first stop right off the interstate if you're heading up 26 from South Carolina. Yes. And really, well, I guess Mill Spring would probably be the first places we're coming from the from the east, maybe? To kind of get if some you, geography? Yeah, if you jumped off, if you took an exit, you could head to Mill Spring. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where we are, there's one block. It's a one city block, mm-hmm. and it's as cute as anything else that, yep. that's out there. So you got one city block. But really kind of what defines this area is going to be us being sort of at the foothills, and we're in a rural and agricultural kind of community and area. Is that right? Is that safe to say? Yeah, it is. And, and that's a good way to put it because, you know, Tryon and Saluda came on later. They had, uh, with the railroad kind of, you know, they both were little um, were or little organized settlements, but n- were, didn't really become towns and places until the railroad was headed through it. Mm. So it kind of got that more touristy, traveler, um, you know, identity uh, from the start. So they they built the towns that way to be ready for the people that were getting off the trains. Columbus's background um, is totally different. So it's the county seat for Polk County. And it we have a, an odd situation where um, our, our county was, was carved out of Henderson and Rutherford counties. They were so large and it was getting too hard for people 
people to travel distances for legal proceedings and governmental things. And so um, it was uh, it was proposed to the state legislation that let's you know let's let's carve out a gumdrop is what I call it um, out of those two. And they did, and they they got authorized to make a county. And they said, okay, well go figure out where your county seat was now. No other town really existed, like we're saying. Um, uh, and they couldn't agree where it was going to go. And so they rescinded the ability for Polk County to be a county at the time and uh, said, if you can't figure it out, you know, we're done. Oh, wow. Um, so they had to resubmit it. And when they did, they... The legislation said, okay, sure, we'll let you be a county again, but it's not your choice anymore where the county seat is going to be. Just measure to the middle and make an X marks the spot and stick a town there. Um, so Columbus, most towns and things happen along, um, you know, tr- roads and pathways or rivers or creeks or, you know, there were some existing travel and crossroads and things like that. Columbus was not that way. They sent surveyors out and said, try and figure out as close as you can what is the center of this county and make a town. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So it's really different. So we do, it was, we actually have a kind of a block system here in Columbus that you don't normally find in the, you know, foothills towns. Usually roads are, you know, curvy and diagonals and all kinds of crazy shapes just to follow the land. But here they measured blocks out, they made plans, and they put the, the Polk County Courthouse right in the middle. And it is, uh, um, it's on the um, historic register, and it's really one of the oldest in the state that is still in use, and it's the oldest in Western North Carolina that's still in use. So it's very beautiful. Yeah, it is. And, um, and it's kind of our main landmark right in the middle of town, and then there's a one-block little main street with, you know, b- old buildings, and, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But you intentionally... This area intentionally tried to hold on to that rural mm-hmm. and agricultural feel, right? Yes. I mean, I don't think people really thought about it way back when, but we think about it a lot now when we see what's happening all around with, uh, you know, large developments going in and the popularity of this area, which we all understand. But we know um, as a county that uh, we want this place to remain and in its look and feel as similar as we can to the either the reason that people chose to come here mm. or for the families that have lived here for generations. Uh, we don't want it to change. And so there are a lot of things in place from a planning standpoint that minimize um, growth and development, except in the municipalities and the places where it's appropriate. Okay. And one of the things is that we don't have a countywide water system. And w- because of that, it stops sprawl down our uh-huh. county highways. Um, and so things can't develop. They can't um, They can't go in because of the infrastructure doesn't exist. And mm. so things like that, we want it to stay that way. And so we really, our goal is to support our small family local businesses and not really looking for big box stores to come in. We want the, um, so we really have kept it very, um, we, we have chosen not to grow in ways that would bring tremendous growth. Wow. And so and, and so that, as soon as you leave a town, you instantly have a beautiful scenic byway that you're driving on yes. um, just very naturally because of that. We also have a very cool thing. We have um, 
a billboard ordinance where billboards are not allowed. So when you drive through Polk County on I-26, you don't see any billboards. You're you just exactly see right. trees. And and you're welcome. Yeah. Um, and people don't understand or notice that there's any credit that needs to be given for that. But as soon as you cross the line, bam, there they are again. Yes. Um, it's interesting because people will interpret that as there's nothing to do here because I didn't see any signs. Yeah. And that's kind of sad in a way. But yeah. at least the DOT now has started to do those um, the signs at the exits that indicate the restaurants and gas stations and stuff and so and the visitor centers and so we're getting you know people the right people who want to stop and want to check out something smaller find us and are very happy to do so yeah well i i have to be honest with you i am one of those people not mm-hmm. that i didn't care about what was here mm-hmm. but you didn't know right right and like mm-hmm. you said you you know some of the other landmarks and some of the other towns that you can drive through and those are more natural but mm-hmm. here um for me for the very first time it was almost on accident and i mean yeah. You know, when you travel 74 going from 26 over to Shelby or heading to Charlotte that way, right. or even to the Tryon Equestrian Center, which mm-hmm. which we'll talk about, for me, I made a wrong turn one day right. and I was looking for a plant. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I find myself mm-hmm. driving through these pastoral lands yeah. that are just stunning. Mm-hmm. And you have the backdrop of the mountains and you have other things. So there are there is plenty to do here and mm-hmm. that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to unpack yeah. a lot of those things that are that are very exciting to to do and see but i love the fact that you have remained the way that you have remained true to your roots right. um, and to your to your point earlier you know sometimes you have to have all of these scenic routes and you have to drive to them and then that becomes a scenic route everywhere yes. that you drive here to mm-hmm. me anyway mm-hmm is a scenic route. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, actually, let's just jump right into it. Okay, sure. Let's talk about the scenic beauty of this area. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about the Green River area, mm-hmm. which is really close to us and, and all of that brings. And there are some high adventure things that that we have or that you have mm-hmm. here uh, in this county as well so you can say we that's fine yeah well we good. like it yeah that's right that's right well once you yeah once you pass through a place you kind of feel like hey you man, you have it's, that ownership don't you you do that's wonderful you do yeah like absolutely that. and i told you before too that when i travel from from 26 going back home in hendersonville where i live mm-hmm. i make it a point now so it's a long detour but mm-hmm. it takes me through and by the time i get home i'm decompressed totally i'm relaxed oh yeah life is good so let's talk about all the great things that there are to do outdoor wise here all of them wow okay <laughs> some well, of them some whatever of them. comes to our top there of you mind go. yeah well um first thing i would talk about is we've got a couple of special waterfalls that are pretty interesting um you know outdoor adventure um scenic beauty it can mean anything from you know just taking in a pretty view to going on an easy hike or to just jumping into the wilderness yeah. you know and you can do all of those things here so uh we uh, you probably talked a little bit because right between tryon and saluda is Pearson's Falls, yes. which is one of our, probably our largest attraction, um, definitely natural attraction. And it's a very special place to go. They've done an amazing job. It's just a quarter mile walk on a maintained trail, but still, you know, it it's wilderness. Stunning. But And and you're just kind of meandering along, not thinking, well, when will we get there? And then bam, you know, it, it just kind of hits you. Yeah. You're there, you're at the waterfall, you hear the sounds and um, it's so, it's so accessible. It is an easier trail than most any hiking you're going to do, but it's still, you know, I mean, it's got, um, you know, rocks and, you know, random things that you're stepping over, but there's handrails, there's benches to stop and rest. So most people in a family from, um, you know, kids to grandparents can get out together and explore that. And that is a really great um, immersion into the, 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 
beautiful, they call it a glen. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, a shady, a shady river glen, creek glen, and uh, all that goes with it. So that's really special. Right here, we've been talking about White Oak Mountain. That's right behind us, the first peak of the Blue Ridge. Um, and it, there is a residential driving road that goes up that. It's just a neighborhood mm-hmm. <laughs> up the mountain and, you know, about a thousand feet gain in elevation. And it's a crazy curvy road with lots of switchbacks that drives you up to the top. And there is a waterfall that runs down the entire length of the mountain, but it's only visible from the roadside at a very specific point at the top. And so um, I, uh, we encourage people to do that. It's great because you can go see the waterfall with a carload of people and people who you know maybe can't get out on yeah. a trail. And, and it's not anywhere to stop and hike or anything, but you kind of slow down and you, you open your, your sunroof and you take a couple photos out the top and just uh, enjoy the beauty of that. And at that point, you're virtually at the top of the mountain. So if you keep going, there are amazing views off um, both sides of the mountain. Awesome. The the front side is looking over the Piedmont. It's kind of that long distance, you know, kind of expansive view to the south. And then if you keep going, the other side has a great rock called Sunset Rock. It's like an outcropping that you can stand on. And you're looking at the backsides of Chimney Rock Mountain and Eddyville area and just these beautiful, a beautiful um, agricultural valley that is sheltered all around by the mountains. And then it just rolls on from there. So um, that's a really nice thing for people to do. Um, and then if you jump back uh, another uh, mountain range, back a mountain line, um, you end up at uh, the Green River. Yeah. And so you can get there either from up at the Saluda level, uh, the Saluda exit on I-26, or you can sneak back in from here. You don't have to drive up the mountain in order to drive back down to the river. You can kind of go in the back door um, through Mill Spring, and, and we've got great maps that show people how to do that. But the Green River is a really beautiful river it is dam released and so in the morning um it's a great place for fishermen fisher people fishers (laughs) fishing people who like to fish there um and uh you know to come uh and fly fish because there's deep pools it's calm and quiet and then about noon the water reaches the um, tubing section which is the lower green um it has class one and two rapids and people tube and kayak and bring their canoes and there are places where you can put in and if you either organize your own um you know shuttle back leave a car at the bottom and come up to the top or there are um, buses that are running all the time from the different outfitters and so you can just buy a return trip on one of their buses if you have your own gear Um, but it's a great and you can do it in one hour or two hour or four hour increments and you just go for a float and it's I mean it's it's calm but there are little rapids and there's long cool relaxing stretches and shady stretches and it's just an amazing way to you know truly experience a river um, and the relaxation that the nature brings in the Green River Gorge. And you sound like you have done that a few times because you're very, yes. <laughs> you know this trip. You yes, know, the, that's where yes. my daughter is right now, by the way. Really? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. My 13, my youngest daughter, uh-huh. she's there right now tubing Perfect. down that section. Yeah, wow. it is wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's different than some rivers. Mm-hmm. They're just getting on and just kind of float. This one, you actually have a little bit of action. Yeah, and There's yeah. some rapids mm-hmm. and things like that. So, yeah, and it's clean, yes. clean water. Clean water, definitely. Yeah, thanks to the Green River Keepers, they yes. always keep us updated with the water quality and it's mm-hmm. always passing with flying colors. So yes. that's Yes, good water quality. We also have um, on the Green River, uh, uh, several years ago, they passed um, an alcohol ban on the water and along the shoreline because there was so much 
litter and kind of, you know, bottles and partying and stuff going on and people weren't doing a good job of cleaning up and it was just making a mess of the place mm. and it was ruining the um, the beauty of it. And so I know it's not as fun for some people, but it really, really turned the corner to make it a family-friendly place to go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So I like how you said it. You said you can go as easy as you want on mm-hmm. some of these hikes or you can go as deep into the wilderness yeah. as you want and make sure that you definitely have your map and your compass in some of those deep in the wilderness areas. Mm-hmm. Yes, don't rely on that cell phone at all. No, Um, no, no. Yeah, so that the Green River is bordered by the Green River Game Lands, which is a state designated. You know, it's over ten thousand acres. It keeps getting bigger. I'm not sure what it what the number is now. A lot. It's a lot. (laughs) And that has in one corner right there where I'm talking about. There are some designated hiking trails. Um, The rest of it is really meant for hunting and fishing Mm. and you know sport. And so it's not a good place to be hiking. So we really try and steer people that we have a great uh, hiking trail map here that we um, helped produce and to make sure that people had really good access and information and could make good decisions good and so um yeah so that's great so you can there's a, a a trail called the green river trail that that you actually cross the river and just run along uh, the riverside. And so you kind of go up and down, up and down for about three miles one way, and then you come back. And um, it's wonderful. And in that yeah. one's not too hard. Now, there are some that are pretty hard, but um, really a lot of fun. And if that's what you do, you, you'll do it well. Yeah. And we should probably at this point then mention the Green River Race mm-hmm. because that race is uh, so huge for this area and brings in literally kayakers from all over the yes. world that yes. come in here. That is a super daredevil, crazy <laughs> adventure competition um, that happens in a section of the river uh, called the Green River Narrows, which nobody should go to. <laughs> <laughs> it is, um, uh, yeah, it, you you really have to be an expert level For to, sure. to run it. You have to know, you, you have to know. You've got to be good. This is all class yes. five, so don't think you're going to come no. to this section. So there's three sections, right? You've yeah. got your upper section, mm-hmm. which if you're a talented kayaker, mm-hmm. if you're the gourd section, you need yeah. the narrows, you need yeah. to be an expert. Yes. Don't even attempt it if you're not. Yeah. And then you have the a section, daredevil the expert. daredevil. Mm-hmm. And then there's a section that you and I like. Yes, is there's a little, section for everybody else. Let's just kind else. of float on down it. That's right. And yeah. and we have um, organizations, you know, we've got a place called Green River um, Adventures, and they run guided kayaking trips on the upper, which is a middle level, class three and four. Um, and that is for actual, you know, real kayaks yeah. and they'll teach you how to kayak they'll teach you how to whitewater kayak and and then they'll take you on a guided trip up there you have to be with them to get access into that section the the narrows you have to know somebody that can get you in it's not anything that's easy to do at all it's not yeah. even easy to see so yeah, yeah. that race we don't really talk about as a spectator because you've got to really hike and use you know do a lot to get yourself in and then make sure you're, you're able to get yourself out um yes. and so it's kind of like if you don't know then you probably shouldn't go is yeah, how yeah. it works yeah. you know you've yeah. either got to have a friend or somebody that's with you that's done it um uh but then the lower the green river adventures um they run um inflatable kayak guided inflatable kayak trips on that section so it's really nice sometimes to have a guide you don't have to you can just really relax and just you know follow along 
instead of, you know, trying to read what's coming up and which side should I be on? And, right. you know, oh, I got, you know, I got myself kind of stuck in this little notch. Let me get myself out. Um, yeah. So with the inflatable kayak, um, it's really fun. It's really safe. And you've got somebody with you that's kind of leading the way. And that's very nice. Yeah. Now, Green River Adventures mm-hmm. is sort of what came first, the gorge or Green River Adventures? Green River Adventures came first. OK, so they came first. Yes. And then they also have an outpost mm-hmm. that is a the gorge amazing zip line. Amazing. Did yeah. you do it yet? Have you I done have, it? No, <gasps> I've been there. I've been yeah. to the base, but mm-hmm. I've never been to a place. I've I, I've been ziplining, but I've never mm-hmm. been to a place that you literally from the front door yes. you walk to the back mm-hmm. deck and literally people are just launching yes. right there it's the only place in north america where you can do that um it's amazing yeah so it's the gorge zip line it's a canopy an old growth canopy zip line they were able to um buy essentially a landlocked narrow slice of land from the top of the mountain down to the green river and so when you go on the gorge zip line you've got to get to the bottom so it's not like i want to do ha- a half trip you have to you're, <laughs> you in. Start, Once you're in you're in you've got to go so it's 11 zip lines they're long zip lines and you are you are having to you know descend a mountain so um it's the steepest fastest zip line in the country now what the the beauty of that is that it's got automatic braking in there so if you maybe have done zip lining somewhere else and you had to hand brake and kind of time yourself and get stopped in the right place yeah um that would be I, I, I don't think I would want to do that now that I'm spoiled and right. having done um the gorge but it's it's self it's self-breaking That's so awesome. you just have to look out and look um way down uh, long range views or looking down as you go over little creeks and waterfalls wow. and stuff you just you're you're a spectator um you wow. know you don't enjoy it's, the it's ride. hands free essentially i mean you got to hold on and everything yeah. but you're not you're not controlling the ride it is already done for you and the quality and the safety in and of itself is amazing. It's all treetop canopies. So you are wow. up in old growth trees. Again, you're crossing some pretty long distances, but you're trying to zigzag your way down the mountain. So a couple of places along the way, they need to make a pretty big elevation change. So they've got to get you out of the top of the tree. So they have um, three rappels from the treetop platform. And it's all very controlled, super safe, slow and everything. But you've got to sink yourself off the side of the tree that you're standing in um, and to get down to the ground and then walk to the next platform and launch from there to have a faster um, you know decrease in elevation and so uh, it's that's awesome. It's all, it's hidden, you know. You feel like you've run a marathon or something when you get off, and all you've done is swing and had a great time. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, it's, it's got some adrenaline to it, and it's so, so fun, and they have just done the best job ever. So, yes, when you get to the outpost, which is gorgeous, you actually have to go down a couple steps to start your zip yeah. line, and that really just doesn't happen. You're usually climbing a tower somewhere or trying to get yourself up higher to to have that first launch yeah um yep and so the only time you get in a van is at the bottom when you're down on the green river gorge the green river road and in the green river gorge and you get in the van to drive back to the top and you're very done. cool mm-hmm. i did not know that yeah 
And yeah. it, again, another activity that sounds like you have done that a few times. I have. You don't just doing it again in August. <laughs> oh, yeah. there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I bet fall would be an unbelievable yes. time to do that. I mean, line. really, all the times are good. They even have some winter runs because mm. as long as there's not ice on the line and we're in the thermal belt, and yeah. so um, yeah. you know, chances are, um, a few they just are open on weekend days when the weather is good, and of course you got to bundle up and everything. But um, early spring is great because you're going through the rhododendron and the, you know, the mountain laurel and all of the spring blooming things because oh, yeah. it's just dense and lush where you're going through. And then in the summer, it's just all trees. And yeah, and then you've got all the fall color and the the vistas opening up with the tree, the leaves coming down. And um, yeah, it's all good. Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just really, we're so lucky. They have done just an amazing job at really making um, adventure safe and accessible. Yeah, and that outpost is actually the Green River Adventures. Mm -hmm. That's actually their outpost in Saluda, right downtown on the Saluda, Street. right mm -hmm. on the main street. So, yeah, yep. have your adventure there. Then go get some good barbecue, right. just get some others, mm -hmm. so many other good places to eat ice cream. Yep. There's, there's a lot of good things to, to eat are. and see and do around there. Definitely. All right, so we, you, we could probably go on and on and on and on about the adventures. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Um, and so what we'll do, actually, is we'll have links to a lot of these. So uh, listeners will be able to have a little quick access to Green River Adventures, the Gorge, yeah. um, and then we'll mention some others as we get, we go along. Definitely. But this area, speaking of the thermal belt, speaking of agriculture, speaking of rural wineries and vineyards in this mm -hmm. area have really become popular. And you have four outstanding wineries right here in this area don't you yep and we're gonna i'm gonna add cheese to the story wine oh, and cheese that's right that's right yes <laughs> that's right yes uh, maybe i'll start with that just so i make sure because i know i won't forget to talk about the winery so we have a creamery now looking glass creamery um, they started up in the Asheville area and have been making cheese for, I think, over 10 years. They rely on a local small dairy supplying their milk. And one of them was here in the Green Creek area, which is kind of our southern, southeastern area, agriculture so a lot of farms and things in the area. And so the brothers who owned the farm that were supplying a lot of their milk were ready to retire and they didn't have any family. And so they were thinking they were going to have to sell the dairy. And so the Looking Glass Creamery didn't want to lose their source of milk and they had been needing to expand for quite some time. So they bought the farm. Uh, so they've got this absolutely gorgeous farm with one of the best mountain views in the whole county because it's kind of set off at a distance so you're seeing a really big perspective wow. for the mountains it is gorgeous out there they have built a really official cheese making facility with aging caves in you know it's built into the into the ground into wow. a hillside um, so they have the perfect you know environment and temperature and everything for aging the cheeses and then now they have a they call it the, their farm store with where you can buy the cheese you can taste and get cheese plates and now they're making um, hard Cider. Are they? Um, yeah, so they are okay. just, they're on it, and uh, I expect great things, new great things from them, it seems like, regularly now. So that is a great stop to make, um, and they have wonderful cheese, which you probably have had if you've been eating at local restaurants around, because they've That's really so cool. made a market for themselves. So we have the cheese. All right. Um, that was a nice addition to go with our wine. Yes. And so this area has, you know, a uh, hundred-year history of having... Um, vineyards you know vineyards are the place where the grapes are grown wineries are the place where you 
make wine. So they don't go, always go together, but here they do. Um, so we have a lot more vineyards, about 20 vineyards in the area that grow grapes and sell to the wineries here and even as far as some people sell to the Biltmore Estate um, wow. Winery. But there were um, vineyards in the area over 100 years ago. A lot of uh, history was made with that and then when Prohibition hit, they just kind of fell apart. Hmm. And it stopped completely and we've had people who were really interested in bringing that, um, getting getting back to our history and heritage by um, starting, to, starting to grow grapes again. So, gosh, now, um, let's see, you know, maybe almost 20 years, I guess, people have been back to growing grapes, maybe more. Don't hold me to that. We have now four wineries, four places that are making wine with their grapes that are growing right around. So they are the most gorgeous, Wow. you know, uh, they're scenic wonders because not only do they have the mountains all around them, the beautiful um, rural agricultural land, the the beauty of the vineyards themselves and the grapes growing, the grapevines, and then uh, usually just an amazing tasting room that takes advantage of all of those things, the views and the weather and the everything. Wow. So um, they're all very different, and that's really cool. We are able to grow, we grow French grapes. Um, so, yeah, so our climate is a lot like France. Okay. And so those are kind of what we're growing down in this area. And we, our wineries, uh, each one, they just have a different, it's like going to somebody's house, you know. Everybody yeah. has a different personality, a different style, but the wines are really good. They win awards all the time and people just, uh, the comments and the the smiling faces you see on Facebook all the time, you know, are, are just amazing. It's a great time to be had. And they're all very close to each other. So if you planned it right, you could hit all four in one afternoon. But we prefer that you come and stay. Yeah, yeah. Do two <laughs> and two, maybe. And they're also very family friendly. You know, it's, uh, you know. And pet friendly, right? Pet friendly, yep. definitely. Yep. They're, um, you know, they have places for picnics, places just for kids to run around and play. Um, you just, it's just kind of like going over to a friend's house that has an amazing backyard in yeah. a way is the is the feel of the experience it's not you know some people think that um going wine tasting is very uptight and very i'm gonna embarrass myself i don't know what i'm talking about i don't know what to do it's not like that they're just cool. like get in here we'll show you you know that's awesome <laughs> just you like what you like that's good um and yeah so so do you find a lot of people melinda are coming here and using that as a destination or do they kind of get here and then discover that you have the wineries or maybe a little bit of both uh, or? a little bit of both okay. um i think there's a lot of discovery you can tell when you're talking to somebody if they like wine they're going okay. you know <laughs> yeah yeah and there's no question about it and sometimes because um each one has their own hours you know some Sometimes we'll be like, well, this one's open today. Okay, we're starting there, and then we'll work our way through or whatever. We'll come back. Um, yep, so it, it, it's very, it's definitely an add-on sometimes. You know, one of my things that I say is um, to come come and zip and sip with us, you know. Like and so the order is very important. <laughs> You've got to zip first, okay? <laughs> you want to sip after zip, the zip. Then sip. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, have have a high adventure, something that really is exciting and makes you feel alive and then go and just take in the sunset and have a cheese plate at a winery um, and just really, you know, chill out and then preferably spend the night and um, just completely recharge before you head back home. Later, we'll wrap up with some of the, the lodging because there are 
so many more places you can stay, Airbnbs or or, or cabins or whatever that you would even think are in this area. Right. Um, and that's that's amazing. Now, we're going to have a link to the website, uh, your website here, First mm-hmm. Peak NC. So mm-hmm. we'll have your website here. And you all have done a remarkable job with those those wineries. It's almost like you can take a photo tour or a picture tour and just really kind of feel like you're immersed in that experience Good, just, just from your website, mm-hmm. which... Early plug too. You also can plan your whole itinerary mm-hmm. through your website. You can, and so uh, maybe we'll kind of wrap up with with that yeah. uh, as, as as we get a little bit further down the road. Um, so, but but also in in all these wineries, again, we talk about scenic roads and just pastoral settings and ways to just kind of unwind. I mean, just mm-hmm. getting from one to the next. Yeah. Is just a, a driving tour that I think is is probably going to be amazing. It's truly, you know, in our brochure that we produce, I try and highlight uh, the scenic drives in yellow, and it's like, well, the whole map is going to be yellow. I'm you looking know? at it. You're <laughs> you right. See? I mean, that's just that's me being, uh, you know, trying sparingly, um, just trying to pick the ones that have the you know super wow views when you come around the corner. Um, but I did want to add, you know, also the wineries have um, live music all the time. They have events. They have food trucks on site. They do all these different things. One of them, um, Mountain Brook, has a, um, a movie in the vines where they, they play a movie outdoors at, at dusk in the summer. And, you know, you just show up and you have your wine and you bring a picnic or your chairs and there's a food truck. And, you know, it's just it's just you got to experience it. Yes, don't you? And, it's, and it's varied. You can have a lot of different experiences there. In addition to all the wineries, to me, it seems like the wineries and some of the equestrian stuff that it sort of goes kind of hand in hand. Now, you all have one of the most remarkable equestrian centers and really probably all the United States, mm-hmm. I have to say. Yes. Let's talk about that a little bit because planned that way yep it was Mm -hmm. so and it's right in right in the middle of the wineries so uh they couldn't be better situated they're just natural partners together yeah um yeah so we have the tryon international equestrian center it opened in 2014 um and it and it came here because of the you know nearly 100 years of equestrian history that the town of Tryon and the surrounding area has had. This has been, you know, um, started with people coming from the north to be able to um, ride in, in the winter months because we have a really great, you know, season here. Yeah. Um, it's not so it's not so wintry, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can play golf or you can ride your horse or do a lot of things that maybe you, most places you can't do. So um, the people who um, built the equestrian center um, had friends up in this area and had been coming, you know, for events and things and just knew the area and uh, were really wanting to build uh, kind of the perfect equestrian center Mm. from a competitor standpoint, less so for the people, the spectators. I mean, we're we're a side thought, but we were included. But there, um, as I'm told, um, a lot of equestrian centers around the country have, you know, kind of grew up out from one ring and kind of oh, let's randomly let's add on and something here. Let's add this here. And they're either fairly rural. Um, they don't have like 
the bathrooms are too far away from the competition ring, so people couldn't get back and forth, uh, you know. And I mean, like, it just wasn't easy to be a competitor and, you know, take care of yourself. Uh, and and uh, it wasn't comfortable for the parents and the family that are there all day watching, um, you know, their family member competes. Yeah. And so they wanted to make a place that kind of took all that into consideration. They found a beautiful, what was a, a plantation that had been in the same family until just very recently oh, wow. that was available. And they uh, purchased that land and then they added really all the place where the uh, the competition is right now all the rings and the um, kind of the the village with the shops and restaurants and stuff are on an additional piece of land that they bought that it borders um Highway 74 uh, between Columbus and Rutherfordton. Yeah. Um, it has a Millspring address at that point, but the house, the, the plantation house that, that they bought originally had a Tryon address. So to them, they were in Tryon. Oh, I see. Um, and we'll, we can talk about that later. But we have a, the whole southeastern corner of our county is doesn't have a post office. So they have all rural mailing addresses. So some of the places are Columbus, some are Tryon, some are Rutherfordton, which is in a different county yeah. Yeah, hours. altogether. But none of them are in those places, That's you know. Funny. So, um, so hence, Tryon International Equestrian Center, the original land that they bought had a Tryon address. So, but then when they added the new section, it's Mill Spring. So now it's the Tryon International Equestrian Center in Mill Spring. Yeah. Which is just, you know, what, about, I guess, 14, 15 miles yeah, not east too far. of the town. Not too far. And, you know, it is a, a nod to the incredible uh, equestrian history. But so they built it they build it right it's comfortable it's beautiful mm, it is is totally it sure is. um it's nestled right into a perfect view of the mountains and um you can see Triumph peak from out there and um yeah and then just you know there's restaurants and shops and kind of public areas and the the rings um have um shade coverings for people so that you know it's comfortable for the spectator um it's free to do anything out there is it really I didn't there's realize no admission that. cost there's no parking oh my fee gosh. you can just show up and watch whatever's going on out there and so they wow. have kind of almost week-long competitions one after the other um and you know they start in its elimination and they so everybody's competing at the beginning in a bunch of different rings and then by Saturday night they pretty much have it down to the finalists and they do like the final um, you know the final jump off or what depending on what type of equestrian event it is um, and that is something that is done in their big arena that has great seating and just situated Stunning. wonderful and on now one um, Saturday a month they have an event surrounding that finalist round um, called that they call Saturday night lights and it's kind of like a family fun festival and there's live music and there's face painters and there's fire breathers and stilt walkers and um you know you can uh, there's kiosks set up where you can get you know popcorn or cotton candy or whatever and it's just this really kind of lovely delightful feel and then you go and watch these amazing horses and you don't really need to know at all what's going on to enjoy and appreciate the sport um and but what's great is they have a jumbotron and they have the loudspeaker and you're hearing kind of the play-by-play and the commentary so you can learn and you can tell you know if something went well and or or something went wrong and you can't tell what it is They, they do a replay and they show you so you can learn 
Um, but it's just, there's no way you w can't be impressed. It's just a really amazing place. And they have a lot of lodging out there now that fills up, of course, completely when the shows are going on. But in the off months, um, which are kind of um, November and December, and um, just January, February, kind of, that's where the shows go down to Florida. Mm. Um, then that venue does all kinds of other things. So it's a place for concerts and it's a place for winter festivals. Yeah. And they have, that's where um, Shadrach Christmas lights that's have right. been held for a couple, a couple of years and will be for a couple more. And they, um, now they're starting to do kind of a similar thing for Halloween. So oh. it's really becoming an event venue and uh, can be used for a lot of different things. And, and so it's, I'm just excited to yeah. what is what it's going to bring to the area and all the different things that, that we will have very close and easy access to. Yeah. And I love how you said that you really don't have to know anything yep. about the sport mm -hmm. to appreciate the beauty of the horses, of the facility, of everything. Uh, I've been down there a few times, and, and you're right, and I don't know much right. about. I don't know the difference between the horses and, and so forth or, or the different events, mm -hmm. but you don't have to be to appreciate it. It is absolutely stunning. And I literally had no idea that all that stuff was free. I mm -hmm. thought there would be some admission. Nope. I mean, just if you go, if you buy if you buy food or drink, you pay for that, and that's really it. Wow. Um, yeah, I like to say just come and look at the pretty horses. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's yeah. my technical talk yeah, about equestrian yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, those horses are very pretty, and right. you know the kids love it. And some on those Saturday Night Lights, they might have you know pony rides going at the time. They have um, car shows, you know antique car shows that come and fill up the area. They're they're just something fun and beautiful to look at in every direction. Yeah, and the winter lights there, are, mm -hmm. those, those oh, are phenomenal. Amazing, too. so much fun. Oh my gosh, yeah. So you can see it just because of where it's situated, traveling mm -hmm. down seventy four. Mm -hmm. You can see it. And then, yeah, you go through the, the long line and, well, it depends on what night you're there. But, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a pretty amazing experience. And then from there, you go inside and they have all the village set up yeah. and you get your hot chocolate that's and right. all the things that you want. So, yep. yeah, that's, that's, that, that is so cool. Well, so there's a lot to do mm -hmm. in this area mm -hmm. and we have probably just scratched the surface of it. Right. But if you come here to experience all the things you and I are talking about, you got to have some place to stay. You do. So. And we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, boy, it's changed a lot over the years. You know, we have several um, historic inns and B&Bs and that used to be about what we had to talk about. We don't have many hotels. Uh, we have a local hotel in Saluda and um, trying to international. National Equestrian Center has a, a, a nice hotel um, in the off season, but it's always booked in the regular season. And and then we have a days in here. But other than that, we um, you know we now have just tons and tons and tons of vacation rentals thanks to airbnb and vrbo and and hosting the world equestrian games a couple of years ago um a lot of houses um turned into vacation rentals and so my gosh there are so many and there's every kind of feel um you know it can be a five room luxurious you know new modern home with every convenience you can think of to it can be a little um you know log cabin in the woods um, mm. You know, every and everything in between. And you can have um, some of them have barns and um, equestrian facilities attached to them. Some wow. of them are, are set up to be great for pets and fenced yards and things like that. Some of them are, are in the Green River Gorge um, or have wonderful mountain views or are, are in town, a loft in town. You know, I mean, it's just we have it all. Yeah. So, um, you know, what I on, on our, our website, thefirstpeaknc.com, 
we profile. We have a page about everything that we've talked about. Every yes. attraction, uh, every lodging, every restaurant has its own page with details and information described. And then we've got this great interactive map. And so either you pick, uh, let's say, a winery that you want to go to and you look on the interactive map and you go, okay, there's 19 cabins right around here. Let's pick one and stay. And then you look at it and you go, okay, and then here's where the restaurant is. We want to eat dinner. And here's th- here's this going on. And you can plan it you know, whatever you start with, or you search for like the house of your dreams and then start with that and then plan the rest of your, your time around it. But the way our map is laid out, you know, all the, all the points have pins on it. So it's almost just covered with pins when you start looking and you can turn categories on and off to really be able to detail or zoom in and just see like on the downtown what's going on. Yeah, you've you've made it easy. I mean, you really have. That website is one of the most remarkable that I've seen because you can plan out everything that you want and you click in all the different categories of the things that you want to experience. Right. And then you, yeah. well, it even says that when you walk into Visitor Center, mm-hmm. plan, let us help you plan your day mm-hmm. or plan your stay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really remarkable. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so you can you can save everything on your favorites list, and you can print it. You can email it to your friends. Awesome. You can say, "Here's, let's pick from this list," and you can use it as a planning tool uh, with your group, even. Um, or you can save it to your phone, and that way, when um, you're not sure what's next on the plan, you can just you know get have quick access to it. So. Yeah, that is that is so great, and that's. Um, NC or firstpeaknc.com mm-hmm. firstpeaknc.com and peak is like the mountains you spell it out f-i-r-s-t-p-e-a-k-n-c.com for me I've always enjoyed the visitor centers I really have because you can find out more information than you can ever do in that particular stay or that particular time and I re- really encourage listeners wherever you are stop at those visitor centers give them a look, find out, make your file. I, every time I do, I, I leave with a stack mm-hmm. and that stack is all folded into a map. Right. And then I just kind of put that in there and I have a lot of stacks yes. at my house. But I really encourage people as they're coming up 26 or 74, find this visitor center yes. here in Columbus mm-hmm. because you're going to talk to people like yourself, mm-hmm. Melinda, that are so knowledgeable. The people at the front desk are going to be, are going to be knowledgeable. And they love their town. So yes. they want to talk about their town oh, yes. and talk about the areas to come. So I, I really highly encourage all our listeners, especially, to, to stop by your visitor centers wherever you are. Be a local tourist in your own town. Totally. If you're in Ohio, go to your visitor center. Yes. Be a local tourist for a day. We have people that kind of open the door and look in sheepishly and say, I live here. <laughs> like, they can't come in, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm about... Like, get in here. Yeah. And I promise you, there have... This has never been a person that has left and not learned something new about the area that yeah. they were born in, that yeah. they lived in for 20 years, whatever, or they're new to the area. Um, it's great. And, you know, the thing that I think we do that I love so much is we really shape somebody's day and they come in and they think they're going to do this, you know, this one thing on the way to something else that's far away. It's really hard to tell the sense of scale in the mountains, how long the drives are, how much time you're going to be in the car just wasting between things. When you're trying to go to a waterfall that's an hour away, why don't you go to the one that's 15 minutes away and then do these three more things? And we just get to really, you know, kind of shape their day and, and put all these pieces together and they are just thrilled when they leave and their vacation is going to be or their day trip or whatever is going to be 10 times better because they've 
cut out all the confusion and the yeah. frustration that comes sometimes with traveling. Yeah. And they just really know that this is the order that makes sense. This is how it's most convenient and efficient to get between the things so that we can do more things that we love. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's like a curated experience. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And so as you're coming through here, again, I moved here eight, almost nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And when you come through, you just think that, well, there can't be anything there. I'm on 26 mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get up to my house in Hendersonville. Yes. But it couldn't be farther from the truth. Right. And you could spend, you could, I mean, I don't even know what kind of time you could put on it because you could spend <laughs> mm-hmm. days and days and days Definitely. and not discover everything there is to see and discover right here in this mm-hmm. little town. So truly, yeah, yeah. You are chock full of, and, and I, you know, so I have to tell you, I was coming back from uh, Myrtle, uh, yeah, Myrtle Beach this past weekend mm-hmm. and my daughter is on her way back and she's texting me a picture and she says, Ah, the mountains. Oh. And she's coming on 74. <laughs> so your first peak, right. that's the text that I get from her. And that's then every, exactly it. that's what you want, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And, and same here. So when I left down there, it was 90 something degrees. Oh, and yeah. so as I'm coming up here, mm-hmm. we had a beautiful rain shower last Sunday evening. Temperature by the time I got to the top was 77. Mm-hmm. You see the mountains, all the stress just starts to go away. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I just the first time you and I, you and I ever talked and met when you said first peak North Carolina, it just made sense. And right. it, it has just stuck with me so much. Yeah. And our so, trick is just to get people to slow down a little and realize that you're in the mountains when you're here. Yeah. You don't have to drive any yeah. further. Yeah. Um, you know, knock 45 minutes off your drive time. Get out of the car. Yes. Have some fun right now. Right um, now. Even if it's just on the way to wherever you're going. Um, yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to wait. Yeah, no, I, I, that, 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 that's wonderful. Well, listen, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time here today, and we have talked before. And again, listeners, if you've listened to the Tryon and the Saluda episode, Melinda was the one that set me up with the right people to talk to. And each time, uh, it was just the perfect person to talk to. So it's obvious that you know your area, you know all the resources, you know everything there is to know here, Melinda. So um, I just... I can't thank you enough for, for your time here today, but I do want to give you an opportunity. If there's anything else that people just want to know or your 30 second elevator pitch or anything that you want people to know about this area, what would you say? Oh, I think, uh, you know, the, the bottom line for this area is it is a rural area. It is a great place to come and refresh and rejuvenate. You can go anywhere within a mile, I mean, within an hour's circle of us. You can be in Asheville, you can be in Pisgah Forest, you can be all around, have all the experiences that there are, but stay here. There's no traffic. There's no horns beeping. It is dark. You hear the crickets. You see the fireflies, you know. Choose to spend the night in the place that's going to rejuvenate and really bring that rest because we need it. We all need it bad. And don't just stay in a hotel on the side of the interstate and you know and go and do all the same things you can do you can you can stay here and have a really just a very special um and revitalizing um rest and stay and and do everything you can do everything from this point so that's what i want to say stop at the first peak don't get out of the car don't drive any further (laughs) and 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 rest and then just really um you can dig deep into the whole region from this point yeah. And if you can't get it all in one weekend, just come back, come back. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, you can make yourself a list that you definitely want to come back and revisit. Well, I love the way that you sum that up. I think it's absolutely perfect. Again, Melinda, thank you for your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed being here with you today. You're welcome. Thank you for doing these. These are great. 
History and heritage are at the heart of First Peak of the Blue Ridge. From the 1859 Courthouse in Columbus, one of the oldest operating courthouses in the state, to picturesque Trade Street in Tryon, and the timeless architecture of historic downtown Saluda, First Peak provides an epic backdrop and base camp to experience all the Blue Ridge Mountains have to offer. Where else can you experience the thrill of adventure while hiking to a 90-foot waterfall, tubing or kayaking on the Green River, hiking in the Green River game lands, watching the beautiful equestrian events at the Tryon Equestrian Center, and then sitting back and watching the sunset as you sip on locally made wines at your choice of four outstanding wineries. Oh, and of course you will have over 200 Airbnb options or one-of-a-kind campgrounds to experience unspoiled views of the mountain skies and rest up before your next adventure. Be sure to visit firstpeaknc.com to plan your next getaway, or better yet, stop by First Peak of the Blue Ridge in Columbus and talk with the fine people there who can help you plan your perfect mountain getaway. If you enjoyed this episode, then you definitely want to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with all future episodes. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and feel free to reach out to me at mike at explorationlocal.com if you have an idea for a future episode. I'd love to connect with you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Explore local.